Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Whoa. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go what's going on everybody welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast proud partners of the pigskin podcast network we're proud to be a part of you can follow them at tpp you can follow them at pigskin podcast network and you can search the hashtag tpp and that's what i actually meant to say uh it is friday we are going to recap Whatever it is going on in Denver, and then we're going to preview the rest of the week five NFL slate. Matt and Dennis are here with us, gen- with us, with me. What are we? This is a wonderful start to the show. Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's ride. Yeah, it's. You know, it's been in the low 40s and socked in today. I think um, even God is trying to cover up what happened here last night. Maybe. Well, I mean, let's. We can just jump right in. I mean, what, what, what do you want? What are you going to talk about? Yeah, yeah we can. Talk. It's to be your therapy session. Cold twin, twelve nine. Nice thoughts. Did you see there was somebody on Twitter that actually predicted the Colts would win twelve nine in overtime? Even a blind squirrel. I did not. But if if I was that person, I'd be going and buying a lottery ticket today. No, they wasted their one bit of good luck on predicting the saddest game. In the world, poor Amazon. Jeff Bezos is going to have to cry into his $100 bills watching these games. Um, well, so it looked like the Colts may have at least found a receiver, though. Alec Pierce caught eight for 81. What did you guys who, think about him? Who? Who, who did have a good game? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Alec was Pierce. It? Oh, Alec Pierce. Imagine that. No, Pierce is a good good player. He's a good compliment to Michael Pittman. It'd be super yes. awesome if they had a freaking quarterback. Like Whoa. I hate Nick Foles as a professional quarterback. And last night I was going, man, maybe they should play Nick Foles. Yeah, a couple of those interceptions. Well, especially the first one that Matt Ryan threw. I, I it's like he stared down the the safety. Oh. It was terrible. There we go. Got all fussy there for a minute. Freaked me I out. I get that they, they didn't have Jonathan Taylor, and then they lost Naheem Hines early. Deion Jackson. That. I played that guy in like three leagues because I thought, well, you know. I, I didn't to. have I, I didn't have guts enough to play Deion Jackson. I, like, <laughs> I, I, I liked his profile. He didn't get draft capital, and but he's decently athletic. He's got good size. 
you know, coming out of Duke and, and I have him rostered in a few spots. And I was like, no, you know, they're going to, they're going to play the veteran Philip Lindsay and man, Jackson looked good. You know, what's even better is uh, the night before I went to pick up Deion Jackson in a league where I have Javante Williams and really had no running back too, but I forgot to go back to that league and put him actually in the lineup. So I'll be playing Caleb Huntley this week. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've made that exact same move. It's like I go get a guy, I get the guy, I bid the right amount, and then he rides my bench. Yeah, I had both Deion Jackson and Philip Lindsay on that team on the bench, so I'll be playing Huntley or Kyle Juszczyk. But, Matt, you must have been excited about Pierce. Yeah, I mean, he's getting closer and closer to – I believe I said I thought he would get close to or over 1,000 yards, so we're getting closer. Only 800 more to go. I, I, I still believe, but I think he is a – I said it before, I think he's a very good wide receiver. He brings a little bit of a different dynamic, at least in my opinion, uh, than Michael Pittman. I know they're roughly the same size tip, kind of the same player mold, but Alec Pierce has got a lot more speed than Pittman does, and I think he could have been a deep threat for him. Obviously, this was built around the fact, as we've talked many times here, that we thought Matt Ryan and the Colts would be good, and they're not, so I don't know that Pierce hits what I thought he could, but I, I do think at this point, if I doubt he is, but if he's available on your your waiver wire in a dynasty league, I definitely think he's worth the stash. I think he's looked good the past two games. It wasn't just this Thursday night game. It looked good the week before that. He was dealing, I think, with a concussion earlier in the season. So I think he's a very good player. I think uh, the arrow is nothing but up. He's not a wide receiver one. Probably has a couple, maybe, wide receiver two seasons in him, but I think he's more of a wide receiver three, and I'm fine with that. I think he's a very good player. On the flip side... The Denver boy, boy, man, professional you, you, football you team. You just sound so morose today. Uh, well, so Garrett Bowles broke his leg. So the left tackle out for the year. Ronald Darby tore his ACL. I went out and tried to tear my ACL in solidarity with all these players, but um, it didn't quite happen. But not looking, not looking that good. Um, I don't know if you guys – stayed to watch the Amazon post game because why would you? But uh, the best part of that entire night was watching Richard Sherman relive his PTSD from the Super Bowl as on another fourth and goal or like fourth and fourth and one in the goal area. Russell Wilson threw it into traffic instead of running the ball. Dennis, I guess I'll start with you. Can this, Broncos offense be fixed? Maybe. I mean, I, it doesn't help that they lost Garrett Bowles. Uh, I mean, you probably know better what kind of depth they have on their offensive line and if they'll be able to absorb that. But I think the last couple of years, Bowles has played pretty well. And, uh, you know, we saw last week that great effort play he made on the interception. So, you know, he's kind of somewhat of a folk hero after that, wearing the T-shirt with uh, uh, showing him trying to make that tackle. You know, but losing Javante Williams, now you're down to Melvin Gordon. You know, we saw Melvin put it on the ground, though he was down when that happened. But, you know, that's sort of where it's at. Um, you know, they luckily they didn't activate Latavius Murray. Uh, Mike Boone, you know, did Mike Boone things, played as a backup. The, uh, you, you know, Russell isn't seeing the field very well, it doesn't seem. Um, you know, Judy on that last play isn't the only guy that he missed. So uh, it was actually Hamler. That or was Hamler. Wide open. And uh, now I get that Hamler was probably, what, the fourth read, and Russ probably felt a little bit of, you know, pressure in the pocket there, but Hamler was pretty, he, he was wide open. Now at the time when Russ threw, even then, I think it would have been quite a play for Hamler to make because the defense was closing in on him too. Early Hamler was way, way open. Um, Would you have kicked a field goal? You know, I personally, I wouldn't have, but that's why I'm a loser is because I take those chances like that because I'm like, you know what? F it. I'm going to try to score, you know, and, and if we're either going to score. You guys are going to score because I believe in you. I believe in you. 
damn it, guys, what happened? Well, when you have the number 32 offense in the red zone, I feel like you got to take a chance, right? Yeah. What do you got to lose besides the game? Yeah, the- I I don't mind it when coaches Dennis and Dennis and myself talked a little bit about this on Monday's show. Like I when the because we talked about the Ravens doing it. I don't have an issue with these coaches doing this because if it works out, we're not criticizing them for the play. We're only doing it now because it didn't work out. I like coaches that go for it and want to actually win the game, not just tie it and hope for the best. So Denver doesn't have a coach. Um, they have a stick figure that stands on the sidelines. I I actually coaching didn't, name only. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I wasn't here on Monday. I didn't have a problem with the Ravens going for it. They've actually have had some success. Denver hasn't been able to score a touchdown in the red zone this entire season. That's the one thing that they cannot do. So in that situation, I don't know why they hired the guy to help manage the game. If he's going to go ahead and sign off on that. I didn't have a problem when, you know, some people criticized the, uh, when I was listening to NFL radio, the fourth and one that um, he decided to go for when they were in field goal range in regulation. I didn't have a problem going then because, you know, trying to get a touchdown. Some people were critical that they tried to throw into the end zone when it got picked off by um, Gilmore. That was ended up being a bad route and bad throw. But, I, you know, it made sense trying to score a touchdown there and not just sitting back and waiting for a field goal, but the one in overtime. Good, good news, America. Next Monday night, the Broncos are back in prime time for the fourth time in six weeks because Roger Goodell does actually hate you. On to uh, other interesting uh, scheduling faux pas from the NFL. We have 15 more games to look forward to this week, beginning with our second consecutive London game week. This time we send the three and one New York Giants. Not sure if they have any wide receivers or quarterbacks making the trip, but we know Saquon's going. And against the three and one Green Bay Packers. Matt, aside from Saquon Barkley, is there any giant that's gracing your lineup? No. I mean, if you're desperate, you're probably playing. I forgot what his name is. Daniel um, Bellinger? No. Uh, wide James. receiver. Richie James, that's the one. Uh, but outside of that, no. I think it's just Saquon Barkley. You know, we still, at least as far as I know, Daniel Jones is still beat up. Ty- is it Tyrod Taylor starting? Or is- Ty- Tyrod Taylor is out because of the concussion. So if Jones can't go, it's potentially Jake Fromm. So then I think I'm- I think I saw today that uh, uh, Jones is off the uh, list. He's not off the list. I think he's traveling with the team, and they're still hopeful he's going to be able to play. But yeah, it's it's just Barkley. Yeah. Uh, Dennis, on the flip side for the Packers, um, you know we've seen. We've seen Aaron Jones get uh, some activity, you know, running and receiving. We've seen Aaron Rodgers get the young receivers involved the last couple of weeks. Do you still trust Aaron Jones as a wide rec- as a running back one? Do you know where Aaron Jones is after four games in the running back rankings? I think he's like thirteen or fourteen, right? White uh, running back ten in PPR. So yes, yes, I do. I trust it. I mean, he's dynamic. Uh, he's got a nose for the end zone and he's a really good pass catcher. Yes. Sometimes the Packers get screwy with how they use their players. So, uh, but I think when all is said and done, Jones is a guy you want to have in your lineup. He's uh, at the very least, he's going to be a high end two this year, but right now at running back 10, he's tracking to be an RB one. And given the, opportunities they have with their pass catching group. Um, I think Jones is going to be just fine as far as getting opportunities. I'm going to take the home team Packers in this one. As am I. Yeah, I'm taking the Packers here like Brian Brian Dayball, but. Hey, I think they've, they've been pretty impressive so far being three and one. Uh, on to another three and one team, the Buffalo Bills. They're playing at home and they are hosting the one and three Pittsburgh Steelers. 
the Kenny Pickett era is officially here. Matt, he's going to make his first start on Sunday. Are you excited? No, not against Buffalo in that defense. I am not. Uh, they're getting Poyer back too, I believe. So that secondary no, is going to be. No, he's not. Ruled out. Oh, regardless, it's still a good. In my defense. one, I my one of my two IDP leagues, I'd take him out today. Uh, it's definitely going to be a tough matchup for him. I mean, does he bring you some more upside than Mitch Trubisky? Probably. I think he. What I'm, I guess, most interested to watch in this matchup now is when he came in last week. It was heavily targeted to George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth, both of them getting about 33% target shares, and Deontay Johnson only getting a 17% target share once Kenny Pickett came in there. So that's really what I'm going to be watching as someone who has a lot of shares of Deontay Johnson. If he's dropped to the second or third option in this receiving game, is not going to be pretty. Uh, but, I mean, that's really the only excitement I have. And if he dumps the ball off to Najee at all, because he hasn't been getting anything so far this season. Dennis, on the flip side, there was a lot of optimism about Gabe Davis coming into the season, and he had a great week one. We have not seen much from him since. He currently sits as wide receiver 65 overall on the season. How are you feeling about Gabe Davis these days? I still feel pretty good about Davis. He's the number – when he's healthy, he's the clear number two option uh, on that team. And I think – when it's all said and done, the numbers are going to support uh, him. It, you know, it was easy to get swept up in how he finished last season and wanting it to be like Chase and T. Higgins, but it's it's more of a wide receiver one, low end wide receiver two combo there uh, in Buffalo. Um, you know, I think. Gabriel Davis will pop off. He'll have some really good games. Uh, but right now, there's just a little bit of inconsistency to his game. And some of it is injury-related. Yeah. Dawson Knox is out for the Bills, so that may uh, lead to an uptick for both uh, Davis and McKenzie. And maybe they'll remember they have a running back. I am taking the Bills. So am I. Same. I do hope this is not a trap game. On another big game in the early window, there is again this week uh, for the second week in a row, there's only three late games and um, a couple of them are not very good. So get all your good action in, in the early games. The Los Angeles Chargers back at two and two head to Cleveland to take on the two and two Browns. Dennis Keenan Allen has already been ruled out yet again. RIP our fantasy teams. No Mike shit. Williams exploded last week. Are we in for another big day? You know, it'd be nice if Mike Williams exploded into the end zone too. Then it would have been a really good day. Um, now, I, Mike Williams is, is he's putting up numbers. He's wide receiver 20 on the season. Um, I think if he can, you know, he's had an odd career. He had like the thousand yard season with hardly any touchdowns. Then he had like the 700-yard season with like 10 touchdowns. Um, it's he, He's starting to put it all together. He's he's a – you know, the thing – him and Josh Palmer are a little bit similar in what they do being big wide receivers with good speed. So, you know, him and – Williams and Keenan Allen are more complementary as receivers – versus having to force either Williams or Palmer kind of into that possession role that maybe isn't their strongest suit. Uh, but with Keenan Allen out, Mike Williams is the number one receiver there after Austin Eckler, obviously. Um, you know, the tight end's playing well. Uh, they're getting the red zone threat, uh, Donald Parham, back this week. Um, hell, I think Isaiah Spiller might even be active this week. Uh, but no, I, I love what Williams is doing this year. I, I would expect another double-digit target game, maybe even double-digit catches. You know, Donald Parham should fire his agent and hire you. Yeah. Matt, on the flip side for Cleveland, you know, we've talked a lot about Nick Chubb, and he's RB2 on the season. He's been great. But Kareem Hunt, RB21 right now. How are we feeling about Hunt? 
I mean, I think if you've got him, you're starting him. They've we've seen the past couple seasons that when the, he's been there, they have a role for him. Not only is he the receiving back, they like to bring Chubb out for not just a couple plays to rest him here and there to keep him fresh. They will pull him out for an entire series and use Kareem Hunt. He gets used more than your typical committee back, so I think you've got to feel good about him. And even especially in this matchup, the Chargers are one of the worst defenses against the run. I think there's a chance that both Chubb and Kareem Hunt have massive games here as the Browns upset the Chargers at home. I, I was I was not thinking about this at the time. Really thought I was going to go Chargers because I just believe in Herbert and this team. But another year in a row, and it's a depressing start to the Chargers season. I, I actually think the Browns are going to be able to pull off the upset here, and I think it's going to be largely because of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Yeah, and it looks like Clowney's questionable. Miles Garrett off the injury report, and the Chargers lost their left tackle as well. I'm still taking Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Chargers for me, too. But Matt might be the only happy one. He won't be here on Monday, so we won't have to, mm. to see that. The Chicago Bears at 2-2 two and two are traveling to Minnesota to take on the 3-1 and one Vikings. Dennis, David Montgomery is questionable uh, but has the potential to return. If he does, what do you think the split will be with Khalil Herbert? Are you feeling confident playing either of them? Uh, I think if Montgomery is healthy and plays, healthy enough to, to play, somewhat his regular role. I think we're looking at a fairly even split, 55-45 maybe. Uh, I think they defer to Montgomery. If all things are equal, I think they're going to defer to Montgomery a little bit. But Herbert has shown that he's, he's the future there. He's more explosive. He's he does a lot of the same things. You know, Montgomery is really good in tight spaces and in traffic. Um, and that's really been his calling card. But he just isn't – he doesn't provide big plays. He, he's a good pass blocker. You know, if you need three yards, Montgomery's going to get you three and a half yards versus Herbert, who could get you 15. Um, and unfortunately, at, at some point, you're going to have to turn – to the guys that are going to make more explosive plays because this offense needs playmakers to make plays so that Justin Fields can get settled down. Matt, on the flip side, we know we're playing Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, you're probably playing Kirk Cousins, especially in Superflex. Adam Thielen's been getting regular targets the last few weeks. Are we back in on him being a good flex option? Nope. <laughs> He's still on the KJ Osborne train? Uh, I, th- I feel like they've both split that fairly evenly. Osborne's had two, like, he had one really good game. I think he had 11 points last week, which is not bad. I mean, you'd like him to be more consistent, but I feel like you'd also like Adam Thielen to be more consistent. I don't think you can know when either one of those guys is going to be the guy that goes off. So if you want to play Thielen, I don't have an issue with it. Do I trust him being a flex option? No, I do not. So Thielen's currently wide receiver 33. Osborne is wide receiver 63 in PPR. Okay. I still do not trust preseason preseason. That's where we talked about Thielen being though, was kind of wide receiver three territory. I just don't trust the Rams, the Rams, the Vikings. I don't trust the Rams either, but I don't trust the Vikings. I'm still taking the Vikings. Vikings for me. Yeah, you've got to take the Vikings. On to our next matchup, which is actually an intriguing matchup of one in three teams. Detroit Lions with the league's no, best of the league's best offense at one and three. Travel to New England to play the one and three Patriots. Dennis, DeAndre Swift is out. Amon Ross St. Brown is ailing. Did get a limited practice today, but is very, very questionable. Who's going to step up for the Lions? Well, DJ Chark has been ruled out. Josh Reynolds is questionable. questionable. Um, you know, it pretty much comes down to uh, Craig Reynolds. Um, you know, Quintez Cephas. Uh, we're, we're running out of options in Detroit. It, it, you know, maybe TJ Hawkinson puts up another 50-point game. I don't know. But it's it's quite the yin and yang when you've got the best the best offense and the worst defense put together like that. It's it's wild. Detroit's defense is so bad. Um 
Detroit is I, the reverse Denver Broncos. Yeah. I I I don't trust the the Detroit receivers right now. Like I'm okay with with Reynolds. Like if he plays, I'm I'm comfortable starting him as a flex or maybe even a wide receiver too out of desperation because he's been producing when he gets the opportunity. But St. Brown, um, you know, I just think they need to, they're going to keep him out probably like they're doing with Swift to make sure they get healthy. Uh, I I think Dan Campbell has kind of looked at that defense and thought, you know, we're going to have to kind of manage some of our offensive players so we don't end up with, you know, somebody not being healthy until week eight or 10 of next year on this offense, because the offense has a lot of really good parts. Um, they just that they need to literally spend every draft pick next off season uh, on defense. No, uh, no chart, no St. Brown, no Swift and golf was still QB one last week. It'd been impressive what he's doing. Josh Reynolds, um, TJ Hawkinson. On the flip side, quarterback is an issue for the Patriots, Matt. They they put Brian Hoyer on IR. They refuse to rule out Mac Jones, but he is incredibly doubtful. If it's Bailey Zappi, what are you expecting? Probably about the same that we got last week. I mean, Bailey Zappi's not a bad quarterback in the essence of backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, I stated this, I think, on Monday or maybe even last Friday, like, he does hold the record, not this really translates into the NFL, but he does hold the record for the most explosive offense, or not explosive, so the most touchdowns and the most passing yards in college. Like, that doesn't happen by accident. He's a good player. And, you know, him and Mac Jones look alike. They somewhat play alike outside of the fact that Mac Jones has a stronger arm. So I don't think it's going to change the offense much at all. And I don't think it's going to change the game plan. I think they're going to continue to rely on Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. And if you want to play a Patriots weapon, you know, good luck. Pray to whichever God you pray to for wins and hope for the best because they're not going to help you much, I don't think. I mean, Myers might be back this week. He's been kind of been trending. But um, if he's not, then it's the Devontae Parker show and Hunter Henry. Uh, with the uh, Johnu Smith is still dinged up. So they don't have a ton of weapons going to be iffy hunter henry you know having johnny smith i feel like out is just to to get my hopes up that hunter henry is going back to 2021 hunter henry for him not to get a single target i am taking the detroit lions i'm i'm going with the patriots i just think the the patriots offense will make just enough plays and their defense is is better detroit's got depleted weapons and it hurts me. I'm going to take the Lions as well. The Lions have got to win one of these. They've I hope you guys are right. The Seattle Seahawks are 2-2. Two and two. All four teams in the NFC West are 2-2, two and two, and they are at the 1-3 and three New Orleans Saints. Matt, Geno Smith comes in as quarterback 10 through four weeks. Is he becoming an interesting streaming option? I think he has to be. There's no way with the season that he is having right now that you can say it is a fluke. Now, am I saying he is a one of the best quarterbacks in the league? No, I am not. But Seattle and that offense has found a way to scheme it to what he's good at. I mean, he has a 79% adjusted completion percentage. I believe he has the highest completion percentage through five weeks of the NFL season ever for any quarterback like that just doesn't happen by accident. They're, they're doing a very good job of scheming this for him. And I do think it helps the fact that he's got a Tyler Lockett and a DK Metcalf and go up and get the ball. Um, I think we talked about this last week, right? Like this is the best weapons he's ever had around him. So like, I, I don't think you can completely discount it. I honestly think I'm starting him until he gives me a week or two of bad games before I think about, okay, maybe Gino's back to old New York Jets, Gino, but right now, if you're not starting him, you're likely not starting another quarterback who's getting you more points because he's, what, QB4 or QB3 on the season, something like that? Like, he – yeah, so, I mean, you're muted, but I assume I saw QB and looked like a high number. Sorry, he's 10. QB10. So, chances are, unless you're rostering Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes or – well, Tua's out. He's on no one in the top 10 as well. So yeah. You're starting him. End of story. 
you'd be better off starting him than Russell Wilson. And even more uh, happy for fantasy owners, Metcalf is RB is wide receiver 21, Lockett's 22. On the flip side, Dennis, uh, no um, Jameis Winston, no Michael Thomas yet again. But it looks like Alvin Kamara is in line to potentially suit up if he does. Are you starting him with confidence? Yeah, I again, you know, we've talked several times about when the team clears a guy to play that you just have to think if he's one of their stars that they're going to play him and use him in the role that they've traditionally used that player in. And so if Alvin Kamara is good to go, he's good for my lineup and and he'll be in there. I actually just made that change earlier today in the one league that I have him in uh, and put him into the starting lineup. You know, the Saints have struggled and a lot of it has been injuries that has, have led to inconsistency, but their defense is playing well. So hopefully the offense gets just enough out of this. Um, you know, the Red Rifle does his. Taysom Hill gets his three carries for 97 yards and two touchdowns. Um, you know, Chris Olave does his thing. I'm taking the Seahawks and the Pete Carroll revenge tour. Saints for me. I am taking the Seahawks as well, and – Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftBook Sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. You mentioning the uh, Russell Wilson thing prompted me to actually go check my score in Scott Fishbowl. And I'm, sure it was, I'm sure it was not good. You know, Russell Wilson. That's, that's so the, he'll probably drop game. after this week, but surprisingly, Russell Wilson was actually uh, QB 14 through four weeks. And Tua, um, probably because of the injury, actually dropped below Geno Smith after uh, four weeks. But Geno, top 10. I mean, he's he's been on a roll. Uh, speaking of Tua, his team, the Miami Dolphins, are traveling to take on the Jets. Dolphins are 3-1. and one. The Jets are 2-2. Two and two. We know Tua is out. He is not traveling with the team. Dennis, what do you expect from the Teddy Bridgewater era? I expect the guy that got three Carolina Panthers wide receivers to top 25. Uh, you know, uh, Tyreek's got a little hamstring issue going on. I think Waddle's a little bit dinged up, too. Um but they're going to do what they do. They're going to run the short offense with Teddy Bridgewater. It suits what Teddy does. You know, there are a few quarterbacks, a few backup quarterbacks in the NFL that you have every right to be very comfortable with. Teddy is one of those guys. Um, I, I don't think the offense changes with Teddy Bridgewater in there. You know, he's not going to run much. Um, he doesn't have the strongest arm. Oh, perfect. Just like Tua. Uh, the big difference is the ball spins a different direction when he throws it. Um, I think that I think Miami will be fine. Teddy will hold his own. Um, and, and they'll do what they do. They'll score points, short passes, long runs. I actually missed Teddy two gloves last night. I bet you did. <laughs> Matt, on the flip side, Mr. Zach F. Wilson returned last week, and he looked pretty good. But the question is, which, if any, of the Jets receivers are you trusting? Well, first of all, his gritty actually looked good, and Giselle thought he looked pretty good, too, apparently, liking some of his posts. Not looking pretty down there in Tampa Bay. Regardless, 
I don't really know who to trust. I, I want it to be Garrett Wilson. Obviously, him and Elijah Moore had pretty good chemistry last year. Corey Davis is having some big games. The one player I trust is, is Conklin. That's really it. Like He seems to be producing, whether it's Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson out there. If you have to start, I think if you have Garrett Wilson, you probably have to start him, depending on the makeup of your team. And I do think he's still got a chance for those big boom weeks, but I'm kind of hesitant to trust Elijah more until I see it. Like he, he was kind of the one last year, but I think Garrett Wilson has already taken that role from him. So I don't know what Moore's role really is in this offense. And I don't know that I can trust him. Yeah. Moore seems like he's been kind of the forgotten player a little bit. Um, and he actually did some of his better games last year when Wilson was out. So I am taking the Jets. I, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I just think the Dolphins still have, even with Teddy, too many weapons. Yeah, I'm going to take the Dolphins. I'm all in, apparently, on on. The worst possible teams. That's a good sign for my picks week. The Atlanta Falcons, two and two, are heading into Tampa Bay to battle the two and two Buccaneers. Matt, Kyle Pitts has been ruled out, but so has Cordero Patterson, who is on IR. Is it Tyler Algier season? I think so. I mean, I, I don't know that I trust uh, Williams to get a bulk of the carries. Maybe they give it to him, but I thought Algier looked pretty good against the Browns last week. We've been waiting to, for him to get a little bit more and more. I don't want to get too excited because I would imagine Patterson will be back after the four weeks um, with him going on the short-term IR, but I would definitely be willing to play him this week if you've got him. Just, well, wait a minute, sorry. Looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, I would not, actually. Tampa Bay's defense is really good. I, I, would thought, I was looking at the commanders. I thought they were playing the commanders. No, yeah, with them playing Tampa Bay, I would not feel great about playing Tyler Algier, um, unless you're desperate. If you really need a running back, if you, you know, for instance, you guys just mentioned picking up, you know, Deion Jackson and then not getting a chance to get him into your lineups because of Taylor. If you have Algier, I could probably play him because the, the one thing with a guy like him is because he is – bulky and a very good like tough running back when they get down into the red zone if they do against Tampa Bay like he might be the guy who punches it in for him so it might get you a touchdown uh, but I'd be hesitant to start him against Tampa Bay but I do want to see what he looks like moving forward yeah the running back situation is not great already because of injuries Dennis on the flip side the Buccaneers have scuffled a little bit of late can they get this offense going I, I think they can. You know, Godwin is off the injury report this week. Mike Evans is doing Mike Evans things. You know, he's, uh, you know, Evans is a putting up a first ballot Hall of Fame career is what he's doing. Uh, you know, Brady, I, you know, he's struggling with the off the field stuff, I think. But Leonard Fournette's there. They're going to have some... Uh, yeah, I think Lenny's going to have a pretty good game against this Atlanta off uh, defense. Uh, Atlanta's got a lot of work to do still. Um, and it's going to be crazy to watch Anthony Ferkser get nine targets and Twitter lose its shit. That's that's really what I'm looking for. Um, but no, I think, I think this is a get-right game for Tampa. It's at home. It's against a division rival. Um, they've got Godwin back. Godwin has looked good since he come back. So they're as close to having all their weapons uh, as they have been. And who knows, maybe this is the Rashad White coming out. They get up a little lead and Rashad gets to run the ball a little bit instead of just catching it. So, Yeah, and you mentioned Ferkster because Cameron Brait has been ruled out with a concussion. So if he was uh, your tight end, um, get him out. I am taking no, the Tampa Ferkster's Bay. on Atlanta. Oh, is he on Atlanta? Yeah. Okay, both of these tight ends are out. So get them both out of your out of in fact tight end might not be the position. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot they took Ferks. I don't know who the backup is in Tampa Bay. Then is it Otten? Yeah, Kate Otten. Yeah, yeah Kate Otten. Yeah. Or Kyle Rudolph. I guess they could advance yeah. him up from uh, either way, I'm taking the Buccaneers. Me too. Same. 
on to our next early window game. The uh, Anthony Ferkster's former team, the Tennessee Titans at two and two travel to battle the Washington commanders who are one and three. Dennis Traylon Burks has already been ruled out aside from Derek Henry. Are you confident starting a single Titan? Depends. You, you know, confidence is kind of a spectrum. Like if it's one to 10, I'm a nine with Derrick Henry, but probably a five or a six with Robert Woods. But somebody's got to catch the ball besides the other team when uh, Ryan Tannehill throws it. And that's probably going to be Robert Woods. Uh, It would be cool as hell, though, to see Josh Gordon get activated and do a couple Josh Gordon things uh, for Tennessee. Not that I would start him. don't don't read my don't hear my words as that don't start Josh Gordon if he's active, uh, but no Robert Woods is he's gonna probably put up an okay game, um, but Tennessee's offense in general just hasn't been doing a lot. So Derrick Henry's the guy you want, um, and then Woods is a flex worthy play at best. Josh Gordon's like fetch; it's not gonna happen. On the uh, the flip side, Jahan Dotson, Jahan Dotson's been ruled out. Curtis Samuel dealing with a little bit of an illness. Is this finally going to be a big Terry McLaren day? I mean, we hope so, but at this point, I doubt it. Uh, I don't know Carson Wentz. He's just been playing bad. He looks so good to start off the season, and now we're getting bad Wentz again. Maybe after a couple weeks of bad Wentz, we get good Wentz, which will be good things for Terry McLaurin. Uh, but I just, I, th- I think I'm kind of all out now on Washington. Antonio Gibson feels like it's about to, he's about to be benched for Brian Robinson. Logan Thomas started off the season hot. He's come back down to earth. Like this whole team is just bad. I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. I think, unfortunately, Ron Rivera could be out of a job. I think that could happen sooner rather than later at this point. Logan Thomas among the uh, the wounded you have to watch out for at tight end. He is highly questionable as well. I'm still taking QB9 on the season, Carson Wentz and the Commanders. Me too. Give me the Titans. This might be – I hope to not watch a single second of this game is all I have to say. You know what? You'll be watching this game when in like the third quarter Malik Wills and Sam Howell are both playing. God, the 0-3 and one Houston Texans travel to Jacksonville to take on the two and two Jaguars. Damon Pierce is RB fourteen on the season. We know you are playing him in your lineup, Matt. But aside from Pierce, any Texans that you're interested in? Nope. Like Brandon Cooks, he's been whether it's due to I think. I don't want to say bad play because the Texans have been competitive, but I feel like they've moved back to the way Lovey Smith just loves to play football, which is we're just going to run the ball and play good defense. And I think that's kind of inhibited more boom weeks for Brandon Cooks. I mean, he's been fairly consistent throughout his career, uh, but I don't feel like he's been having that great of a season. I, I, I trust Damian Pierce, but going up against a Jacksonville team that I think's been pretty good. I know they're only two and two. Uh, but I, I would take Pierce, and that's about it. It's tough to play that style when you have a very mediocre defense. Yeah, Brandon Cooks is only wide receiver 37 on the season. We had talked about him being pretty uh, reliably top 24 in Teflon despite quarterback and offense. Apparently that is not the case. Dennis, on the flip side for the Jaguars, how do you feel about their receiving options? Any that you're really interested in? Uh, yeah, I, I – Love Christian Kirk and what he's doing. Zay Jones has been going off. I actually, I probably prefer Zay Jones over Marvin Jones at this point. Um, And it's, you know, the team is starting to rally. Robinson and is looking good. ETN is having some issues. He's not not very consistent. Um, but Christian Kirk is is lived up to the the dollars they paid for him. Uh, the question will be, can he keep it up all season long? But he's really developed a nice connection with Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence looks for him. And Lawrence looks for Zay Jones, too. So uh, it's, it's, you know, only five, six years too late on Zay Jones for me. But, uh, you know, they, they the Jaguars have developed into a fairly consistent team uh, 
they don't have a super high ceiling yet, but I think they're laying a really good foundation this year. Yeah, and Christian Kirk is currently wide receiver 10 on the season. I am taking the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars My bad, for yeah. me. I thought I was unmuted. The Jags as well. On to the first of three late window games. And boy, is it a doozy. The 2-2 two and two San Francisco 49ers travel to take on the 1-3 and three Carolina Panthers. I just know this is going to end up on most people's televisions probably as the national choice in the afternoon window. Dennis, what are we doing with George Kittle? Uh, if he's playing, you're starting him. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else what else you can do. He's he's a good tight end, can be inconsistent uh, because of injuries, and I just think you you have to put him out there if he's in. If he's in the game, I think, you know, Jimmy G clearly has a ceiling um, and he's not going to be able to support Ayuk and Debo and Kittle uh, all with the passing game. Um, but they're playing the Carolina Panthers, which, you know, <laughs> was probably he's probably <laughs> not going to need to support any of the three of them because. Jeff Wilson will rush for 200 yards against the Panthers. Um, but no, if you, if you, you know, Kittle is still a top five tight end. And if you, if you roster him, you know, you, you paid probably a top, a sixth round or better pick for him to get him in redraft leagues. And so you're starting him. Matt, on the flip side, another sad story is the Carolina Panthers offense and our friend DJ Moore, who is currently wide receiver 51, behind the likes of Nelson Aguilar and Zay Jones and Greg Dortch in fantasy scoring this season. How are you feeling about DJ Moore? Not great, Bob. Not great. Um, It's... I do think things are looking up for him. We talked a little bit about this last week. Like, even though Baker Mayfield has been bad, as this offense has been, they hyper-targeted DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey in the receiving game. Well, McCaffrey didn't do much on the ground. He was targeted a lot in the receiving game. I do think that is good for them moving forward. But at this point, like, I don't know how you can play more. And, and I haven't been two redraft leagues where I drafted him fairly highly. Like, he's on my bench. I just I don't know how you can play him. Maybe he does something in this matchup, but I just I highly doubt it. I think at this point you've got to see at least one, possibly two good weeks for him bef- from him before you're willing to put him back in your lineup. Maybe Sam Darnold's his savior. I, I don't know. Uh, that's that's and that's so crazy to hear. And people are going, yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> of course. I, I read some tweet today. They said if Sam Dar, oh, you know what? It was our friend John in his news or noise. He was talking about that if. If Sam Darnold is the answer, you're asking the wrong question. <laughs> I am taking the 49ers. So am I. The, <laughs> yeah, I would have been shocked if you took the Panthers. Uh, our second late window game, the 3-1 and one Dallas Cowboys at the 2-2 two and two Los Angeles Rams. Matt, can Cooper Rush win his fourth straight of the fighting Dallas Cowboys? Man. That's I'm going to have to give up my hater card here, but I think so. Uh, The Rams have not specifically, in my opinion, looked very good on defense. That front's still ridiculous. I think mostly because of Aaron Dart. Aaron Darnold, my goodness, Aaron Darnold. I got Sam Darnold on the brain. Freudian baby. slip. I need, I need DJ more bad and Sam Darnold. I need you bad. Yeah, I mean, he's been playing really well. I think if Cooper Rush continues to play this way, like. Why? What? Why? I, I I can't believe I'm saying this. I believe there's a chance they just hold Dak out until after the bye week. Like, why rush him back? Play the hot hand. Play the kid who's winning you games. Who's play the hand that can offense. actually grip the ball. Yeah, I mean he's he's looked good though. I I I think that he can win this game. I think it's going to be very competitive, even if it's not because of Cooper Rush but because of how bad the Rams offensive line is and the defense that the Cowboys have, that is very good. I think they're one of the defenses is not being talked about enough, especially with Micah Parsons in that secondary. Dennis on the flip side in his press conference earlier this week, our friend Matt said that uh, it wasn't Allen Robinson's fault that he wasn't getting involved. Can 
the Rams find a way to get Allen Robinson involved? Yeah, you can. I mean, but will they? I, I, I mean, throwing the ball to Cooper Cup 32 times a game is working for the most wow. part. You know, it's... You know, I saw an interesting stat that, like, Robinson is, like, top five uh, going into last weekend. First first three weeks, he was, like, top five in end zone targets. So, you know, he's getting some opportunities. He's not converting them. Um, Some of of the issue with Robinson, I think, is he's got to adjust his game just a little bit because he may have lost, like, a half a step. And so some of the things he was able to do downfield three years ago, he isn't quite getting the same separation. And so now he needs to kind of figure that out. And whether that's whether some of that is preventing him from changing directions well enough, because, you know, Cooper Cup isn't necessarily fast, but he's really good at change of direction to get open for somebody that's what, six foot two. Um Cup is excellent at change of direction, and that's what creates space for him. Uh, I, I think that they're going to try to scheme some more for Allen Robinson to try to get him open. Uh, but I can't imagine with Coop, the way Cup has been producing for two seasons now that they're not double-teaming Cup and leaving Allen Robinson one-on-one, which means Robinson has got to start to – He's got to win those matchups. He can't keep playing like Chase Claypool. He's got to start. He's got to play like George Pickens. Go get that ball. I'm taking Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. I think I am too. I think I'm going to go with the Rams. Uh, You know, uh, begrudgingly, it's a coin flip. I'm just going to try to be different. In the last of the late window games, the only undefeated team in the NFL, the 4-0 Philadelphia Eagles, traveled to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Dennis, have the Eagles finally figured out how to unlock Miles Sanders this season? It sure seems like it, doesn't it? All they have to do is have Sanders get on his soapbox and tell everybody in the fantasy community how much he hates us. And then uh, Nick Sirianni says, you know what? I'm going to give you the ball. That has worked out. You know, he's looking good. He's he run, you know, he's always been a talented running back. A lot of what we perceive on this show, and I think by and large the fantasy community perceives about Miles Sanders, is that they just didn't give him the opportunity to be that guy. So whatever the coaching t- the coaches saw in him that made him go, you know what? He got us from that 20 down to this 20. So we're going to give him a rest instead of give him the ball. Um, they seem to be over that a little bit. And, and uh, you know, because it was crazy. They would pull him for Boston Scott when they got inside the five-yard line. That was just ridiculously frustrating. So, yeah, it seems like they have. Miles Sanders, RB9 on the season so far. On the flip side, Matt, for the Cardinals, you're probably starting Kyle, Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown. Is there any other Cardinal you're interested in? Uh, I'm definitely starting Zach Ertz. I think he's been good for them at the tight end position. We we talk a lot about the fact that you really don't have to do much to be impressive at the tight end position, but I think he's tied in four or five on the season last I looked. So, I mean, he's having a good year. Uh, I'm fine starting him. I don't know that I'm starting any running backs, though. I mean, James Conner has – we talked about it, right? He was he lived and died with touchdowns last year. He's not really getting those. They're still passing the ball. Kyler Murray's getting rushing touchdowns. Um, so I think if you have to start him, I'm okay with it. But the ones I feel comfortable starting are Murray, Brown, and Ertz. Yeah, and Connor, only one rushing – only one touchdown total through four weeks. He had 18 last year. And you are right, Ertz is tight end four so far on the season. You know what I found crazy about the Cardinals is that unsigned journeyman free agent was turning all those targets into production, and they sit him, and Rondale Moore gets three catches for 11 yards. Come on, Cliff Kingsbury. Three catches for 11 yards. Fall off a cliff, Kingsbury. Fall off a cliff. 
I am taking the Eagles. So am I. Same here. Sunday night football is a good matchup in Matt's division, the AFC North. The two and two Cincinnati Bengals travel to take on the two and two Baltimore Ravens. Matt, there's poor pass defense in the Ravens area. Does that mean big things for Burrow, Chase, and T. Higgins? We hope so, but that doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Um, I do think that all three will be in for good games. The T Higgins and Burrow, I think will be fine. Very curious to see what happens here with chase. He's been bracketed a lot this season. It has really affected his fantasy scores. I want to see what Baltimore does with him though. Uh, and against him, uh, they did not play very well against the Bengals last year, but apparently there's been a lot of trash talk between the Bengals and the Ravens. Uh, I think it's going to be a very good game. And I think they'll be able to shut down Mixon, which is going to force them to pass the ball. Dennis, we figure it to be an up-tempo game. Rashad Bateman has been ruled out. Is there any other Ravens receiver that interests you? Well, Devin DuVernay has been producing when given an opportunity. Um, you know, Some of what DuVernay does is he he's an inside guy, seam guy, much like Mark Andrews. And there are pundits out there that think that uh, – Part of the reason Bateman and, and Jackson struggle is Jackson isn't great at throwing outside the hashes. I think Jackson's a, a competent quarterback. He's dynamic. And Devin DuVernay is going to be the guy that's kind of leading the wide receiver charge for the Ravens uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. I... Went back and forth on this one. I'm taking the Ravens. Bengals for me. Bengals for me. I guess I just believe in the home team, or I like losing. Based on my record this year, I'm going to go with the latter. <laughs> Monday Night Football is an AFC West battle. The 1-3 and three Las Vegas Raiders. Josh McDaniels, uh, thank you. Or uh, you're welcome for, for your first courtesy win, courtesy of our team sucking. Take on the three and one Kansas City. That was very courteous Chief. of you. Let me tell you, the only thing worse than seeing the Broncos give Josh McDaniels his first win is having to spend six hours in the Las Vegas airport with jubilant Raiders fans waiting to go home. <sighs> Matt, Hunter Renfro is tracking to potentially be back this week. Do you? Yes. Think he's going to get back involved, or is he losing his spot to Mac Collins? He's not losing his spot to Mac Collins. As soon as Hunter Renfro is back, Mac Collins will go back to being like the third, fourth, fifth, or on the bench option. I do not think uh, he is. While he has been productive, I think if you've been using him the past couple of weeks, get ready for the sad face emoji because it's not going to happen anymore. Hunter Renfro again, if he plays. But I think he is just too dynamic not to play. And I actually think that's a good thing for Devontae Adams and Darren Waller because once he starts getting back into the groove of the offense, defenses won't be able to solely focus on those two. And it might actually allow this Raiders offense to open up a little bit more. Or it could just mean Josh Daniels bucks it up even more. We'll find out. But I think him coming back is only good things for the rest of that offense. I think the quintessential Josh McDaniels season would be going 2-15 and 15 with both those wins being against the Broncos. Dennis, on the flip side, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been pretty good. Uh, he's running back four through four weeks, but we've seen Isaiah Pacheco continuing to get more and more touches or in more and more relevant spots in the game. Do you think that continues here on Monday night? Uh, I think Pacheco is a game script dependent running back. If Kansas City's in a close game, then the running back duo is Edwards Alaire and Jarek McKinnon. If Kansas City's winning big, then the running back duo is Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco. So early on, it's going to be CEH with the occasional spell from Pacheco. Now, what they do is they trust Pacheco, but Pacheco has not had a target all season. So they're not throwing the ball to him at all. If they're going to pass the ball, it's going to be CEH or Jarek McKinnon in there. Um, now, could I see an opportunity where Pacheco passes McKinnon on the depth chart over the next few weeks? He could. Uh, I don't think there was really much of a shortcoming with his uh, in the passing game coming out of college. 
Um, but in the NFL, you kind of have to earn your chops there. And the best way to do that is to not let your quarterback get hit. And so I think Pacheco will get some opportunity as time goes on, but he's going to be game script dependent when it comes to how many touches he's going to get. So if it's a close game, uh, I, I think you're looking at five or six touches for Pacheco. If Kansas City gets up by 10 or 14 points, then I think you're going to see more Isaiah Pacheco and he could conceivably get 12 to 15 carries. I'm taking the Chiefs. Chiefs for me too. Same here. Well, that will do it for uh, the Friday preview. Hopefully everybody has a great weekend. I can guarantee we'll see at least one touchdown on Sunday, which is more than we can say for the Thursday night football game that we all just endured. On Monday, Dennis and I will be back to look at all of the Sunday slate games. Until then, have a great weekend. And Dennis, what should the people do? Go rate, go review, go subscribe, download, listen, don't listen. Just Give us those five stars. I remember when it used to prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Over the tackle of the 40 yard line. Who can make a play? I can't. Who can make a play? I can't!